Welcome to the Culture of Kindness podcast. Have you wondered about the direction the world is going? Wondered if you and the rest of the world are connecting in a healthy way? I can see it in others, and now I've changed the lens through which I see the world, and to be kind is the only possible result. Because you, you don't have the language of talking, it's kind of almost a language of kindness. In this podcast, we discuss everything from what makes a brilliant leader to where is the world going on our current trajectory and how can we make a culture of kindness and do we actually need to or are we doing all right just as we are? It's roughly 2,000 years since some bloke got nailed to a tree for suggesting that we should all be a little bit nicer to each other. And I fear that over the last 2,000 years we haven't moved on very far from that. Inherently, humans are very badly flawed. And there, there is... I, Nahala Summers, became obsessed about the power of kindness after it was the kindness of a stranger that changed my life. So now I am lucky enough to talk to the most eclectic mix of people, probably on any podcast. Come inside and subscribe. It will open your mind and world up to the best examples of living life wholeheartedly. When you look on the Facebook, even when you look in the comments on BBC, everyone goes, oh, I hate bullies. But then that's like saying, I hate water. You know, bullies have come from somewhere. And what was going to tap on my shoulder from somewhere that said, you cannot just do an act of kindness in a day and that be good enough. Thank you so much, Sean, for coming on uh, my podcast, A Culture of Kindness. I'm incredibly grateful to have you on here. Um, maybe we could start by just you giving a summary of who you are, what you're doing at the moment um, and what you're all about and, and what makes you happy, ultimately. Wow, big question. Um, <laughs> what am I doing at this moment? Well, I, I'm chief exec of uh, a professional body, mm-hmm. uh, the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, which um, sets uh, and enforces standards across real estate, infrastructure, construction and land all over the world. So mm-hmm. an organisation that, that, that its heart is, is really all about trust, uh, integrity and and advancing all of those important things for society's benefit so uh it's it's a role which as i say uh is is global um and we have operations in over 30 countries so i'm also experienced the many cultural differences at, at the same time um what what um your question what's what makes me happy mm. um i i would say making a contribution to helping others succeed mm. i think when you when you sort of um stand back and you look at all the things that you've done in life the ones that really stand out are the ones that are about people yeah. um and and how they have developed uh, the how they have moved on and the successes they've had both at home and in the workplace yeah well so many questions from that small piece um of you explaining that I mean, it's a, it's a pretty large company, 100,000 people um, that you're responsible for and impact. And you talk about the across the different countries. What are the cultural differences that you find within? Is that within kindness? Is that how people are to each other? 
or what are the major differences? Um, I think probably the most standout difference is probably gender and how different cultures are are, are responding um, to gender. Um, I think that's that's one that I think really stands out in terms of you know how, how uh, different organ, different countries will have a, a slightly different lens on on diversity and inclusion. Um, yes. that really that really does stand out. I, I think there is a but I, but I do think that there is a, a a more cohesive mindset around the future of leadership because I think it's being driven by most of us recognizing that the fourth industrial revolution will require something different. So I think there are more cohesion perhaps around leadership than than there is around some of the issues of diversity and inclusion. Mm, okay. Can you expand on that? Um, well, I think it's, you know, we, we, we work in uh, many markets uh, across Asia, uh, across the, the Middle East. Yeah. And you know, I think that there is a, there is still a very, I, I think, emerging, developing, maturing sense of um, females in leadership positions in, in the workplace, which is probably different from from the mindset that's been adopted in uh, many parts of the West. So, you know, that that, that is noticeable. Um, but I think in terms of uh, leadership. I think everybody is starting to really recognise that you know in a in a world where you know we, we will have incredible levels of computing power, we'll even have machines that can replicate some form of intelligence. That that actually many of those human skills, and that's where I think kindness really comes into this, are, are really going to stand out, and that actually in our future workforce. You know, we, we need to pay greater attention um, to, to many of those basic human and social skills because they may be the very significant differentiators in, in a world where uh, machines and data uh, can perform a lot of the repetitive tasks. Yes. Yeah, that's a really fascinating point. And kindness will then become almost a key commodity um, for people to have an empathy and and compassion, you talk about women there, and um, you're actually part of the Women of the Future program. I see um, with regards to awarding women in certain um, categories of business. What what is that about, and why is it important to you as well? Well, I think it's, it it comes back to the point that's you know that that, that recognizes actually, you know that in order for businesses to really perform um, in the future and, you know, develop the bottom line, deliver the results that they need to deliver, I think that leaders need to find ways of creating a more uh, inclusive um, and engaged workforce. Mm. And the one thing that's very noticeable in a large part of our sector uh, that we that we cover, uh, construction, is is you don't tend to see too many uh, female role models uh, in that. So there are, they are there, but they are not as visible, uh, yeah. even in the real estate sector as well. So the Women of the Future Awards was really to say, look, you know, we know that there are um, some great role models out there who could inspire 
you know, talent uh, from all walks of life into our industry and our profession. Um, but how can we help be part of something that, that showcases that? So the awards for us as a sponsor have been running now for just over five years, and we've got an incredible uh, cadre of really talented role models who are, you know, more visible, who are engaging in, in significant debates, and who are helping to attract a whole new generation of thinkers into this industry. Mm. Fascinating. How... I mean, you, it's 100,000 people. It's a huge organisation across the world. And um, how do you manage to bring that compassion and empathy right down to the bottom line? Because you're sat at the top. It must feel like I'm, it must feel just massive. And, and how do you feel that, OK, this, this is working? Is there any time that you can do that even? Because you, you can't know everybody and know how everyone is feeling about their work. No, I mean, just, just so we're clear, our, our organisation has 1,000 employees, but 100,000 oh, okay. members are part of our profession. So okay. you know, we have 1,000 employees working in over 30 locations, but 100,000 oh, okay. members of the profession, which, you know, to all work together. Um, yeah. to, to create what we need to create. How do you know it's, it's really working? I, I think it's a really important question for any CEO. Probably the first bit is don't, don't be complacent if you think it is, because, uh, you know, in, in reality, day-to-day uh, -day interactions are changing people's perception and engagement levels of the organisation every day. It's almost, uh, you know, immediate um uh feedback i, I think that how do you know well you know you can do the the normal pulse surveys uh which i think you know most organizations would be doing looking at areas of engagement and so on but i think you start to see uh the reality of it when either something doesn't go right in an organization um how people respond to that how, how quick people are to say when something's gone wrong. Mm. Um, I think you find a lot of strengths uh, or assess the strength of your organisation in, in more of the difficult moments. So I judge things on how well we recover when things don't go well. Um, and, and I think that tells you a lot about the people that you have. Yeah. Um, trying to create a, a culture where, where people feel that they can be themselves, they can say quite easily when something's going wrong or they're spotting something that they don't like or they're spotting an opportunity. And I think, you know, I, I judge it on does the culture that I'm creating along with my senior team, does it enable those things to happen and do I see them? Um, and I think you're tested on those things daily. Yeah. Within that, do you, you know, we talked about technology briefly do you think that the generational changes within the workforce, I'm guessing within those thousand people, you have um, varying different ages. Do you see that there is um, a, the challenges with that, with the various generations and that they're quite severe differences, you know, before we just kind of had young and old and now we have millennials and generation X, Y, and Z. Um, do you see that there are challenges with that? I think, 
I think we might overplay the differences. Um, I, I read quite a lot of the assessments around the different groups. I, I think you really experience, I think there are two things that I notice. I think there is a sense of um, that, that, that comes through. I mean, I, I worked when I first uh, started my career in financial services, that clearly had a real sense of profit. Um, and, and, and I do sense um, from uh, many of our uh, younger employees that, that purpose is a really big part of uh, what engages them. Mm. And yes, profit's important, but, but also purpose. And, and, and therefore, the, the other factors that the organization uh, enhances, improves, uh, be that sustainability, you know, be that you know, employee engagement, you know, be that our contribution to the local community, you know, be that advancing something for the public benefit. So I think that's really quite a unique piece that, that we see. But the other bit that I think is is a challenge for leaders and leadership groups is is a real desire to be involved in the debate and and the decision-making in some way. And therefore... You know, finding ways to have a greater engagement uh, with those individuals so that they feel as if they can contribute, express their views and be a stakeholder in the decisions, mm. I, I do think is, is a new challenge. Mm. Yeah, there's definitely that kind of conversation piece. They, they have a very different, um, the generations that are coming up through have a very different viewpoint and have very valid points about the future um, and they're definitely something to be listened to. You do a lot of work around with charities, um, I see, to kind of Great Ormond Street. So this is um, Rick's as an um, organisation, I guess. Why is it important for the business to be part of those um, charities and part of those initiatives? I think an organisation is is more than its bottom line, and you know, and I think that organisations really do have um, a, a wider purpose in the world, and I, and I think it's important for us as an organisation to to show that you know that there are other things happening around our space that are really important, and that we have the ability to to play a role in there and utilize some of the the skills of of our own workforce you know be that you know supporting fundraising you know advancing diversity and inclusion helping out in in local communities and i also think that it's 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 a very important thing to help your own organization develop which is to experience different things to see different things and and broaden perspective and uh you know, we, we we really encourage that but i mean we are an organization that views ourselves as very much profit for purpose so the purpose contribution of what we do is is really important and we like to engage as many people as we can in that mm. Yeah, and you're doing some, I mean, I could list it all out, but it would probably take the end of the podcast, um, the amount of stuff that you're doing that's really kind of diverse. It's around um, building young people up, um, 
and poverty and homelessness and, and bringing the construction side of that in as well. And it's global, you know, the support that you're doing is global. You know, I often talk about charities and how charities have almost become businesses, but then businesses are now becoming, are meeting them somewhere along the line very closely with the amount of corporate responsibility work that they're doing and the amount of stuff that they feel is a responsibility to them and the things that they see out there and they think we can help with this. Um, so it is hugely um, inspiring, that's for sure. Do you, um, do you, so sorry for the numbers. So the 100,000 members that you have, do you find that you impact them with the stuff that you do within the organisation? Does it filter to them at present around the amount of um, charity work that Rick's does? Yes. I, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's a, it's a profession that really likes to, to 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 give back and um you know i think all around the world we see that we just celebrated our 150th year as a as an organization and and the effort of our profession to find innovative ways of either raising funds or creating spaces that could be used to house youth homelessness in the uk was uh, quite incredible Mm. Um, you know, we, we, we've made a really big contribution to, you know, helping to put an end to, to youth homelessness. And, and I, you know, and, and when you think about where we are, fifth, sixth largest economy in the world, it's quite incredible that it, it's an issue that we're dealing with. But nevertheless, it's one that we, we put our full effort and, 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 and brain power behind. So, yeah, I do see that. And I think, um, you know, many of these purpose uh based focuses for us you know will, will inspire different people we're seeing a lot of role models you know male champions of change in in the area of diversity and inclusion you know trying to encourage you know a, a greater you know diverse mix of workforce for the future of the built environment i mean it's all about creating places for people uh, and therefore organizations need to be representative of all of the people so that they are creating those places that, that that really work so i think there is a a real thrust you know across the industry to to inspire the next generations into this into this sector so yeah i i, I really do feel it and i think it ranges from leaders you know all the way down to new people joining the organizations you know taking a bigger stake when when you're speaking to these um when you're speaking to these young people and you're mentoring them what are the things that you advise them about the core skills that you need to be a good leader um i, I think probably the, the first bit that we tend to i do a little bit of reverse mentoring particularly in in some of our uh, further geographies where you know it really helps me understand some of the the issues as well that I might not readily understand just being in London um, but I think that most of the conversations evolve around um, you know how, how you how you develop in an organization how you how you grow as a leader and and I tend to find particularly with um, some of the 
our younger employees that there is probably a too much of a focus on an upwards path and, and not a, enough focus on you know experience uh, broadening horizons you know looking for sideways opportunities looking for ways to be more involved in projects that you know expand your horizons there is a probably a little bit too much of a of a focus on 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 on, on the sort of hierarchy and and and, and the Again, and I think a lot of the conversations I have is is, is around putting yourself in different situations. You know, gain experience of working with with uh, different people. Uh, you know, push your comfort zone. You know, if you're if if you're in finance, end up working on a project that's something to do with a piece of market development. If, if you're in HR, put yourself in the position where you might be dealing with something in. You know, it really, really look to try and broaden your boundaries because I think in in this day and age, I mean, you're asking a lot of chief executives and, and leaders. I think you, you need people with a real broad sense and understanding of the organisation, mm. but but a real curiosity uh, around people. And um, you know, the, therefore, the more that you can do um, to broaden that experience, then I think when you arrive at that very difficult scenario where you suddenly realize it's a really role uh, yeah. all of that experience that you have really starts to a good shape yeah that's right how i mean you've you've been in leadership a long time um how has your leadership if it has at all style changed over that your career I think it's really changed actually. I, you know, if I if I sort of go back, um, you know, to to the to the days of, you know, it, it, it was probably more of a top down, it was a you know meeting of a leadership decisions are made. Here's where we're going as an organisation. Everyone aligned behind it. Let's make sure it's dated, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Now the element to really understand what drives people uh, to recognize that you know work and life have become blurred and you can't ignore the fact that you know people will have things going on in their outer lives as much as their work lives um that the, i think you become uh, more curious i think you ask a lot more questions about you know wider questions other than work to questions and I, I think that you you know ultimately you, you, you try and build up a, a greater empathy and I think a, a culture of openness and trust where, where where people will engage with you and and help you as a leader and I think that recognition that maybe you know in the 80s and 90s you were leading from the front and now we're leading from the rear as leaders, I think it's quite a transition. Mm. How, how have you found that transition? You know, did you not really see it coming or was it a conscious decision to change your leadership style? I think probably like most things, I, I, if you, you know, if you're someone who's pretty open-minded and not completely fixed on you've got it absolutely nailed and therefore that's what's going to work for the next 40 years. 
um, I, I think you probably make some mistakes with that. You know, and I think when I think back you know, along my career, there are there are moments where I, I didn't quite get something right. And um, you know, the most important thing is rapidly learn from that. And and therefore, you know, I think I noticed that you know the 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 model of leadership and the style of leadership worked to a point but that had to be modified as as the nature of the workforce changed as the nature of work changed mm. and um yeah i probably made a number of good mistakes rapidly learned from them yeah so i mean it was only four years ago that you won um, the award for the Sunday Times voted best company to work for top 123rd. Is that, have I got my facts right with that? Have, yeah. yeah. How did you do that? How did you make the company to a place where you're winning awards to say you're the 23rd best company to work for? I think we had we, we, we had to really ask ourselves, you know, first of all, do we really believe that an engaged workforce drives results? Because if you don't believe that, then, uh, you know, ultimately um, it will always get parked as a sort of nice to do and put, put, put by the side. And then, you know, as a, as a senior team, we, we, we sat down and we said, look, you know, what, what is it that's really going to improve our performance? Yes. You know, there are going to be some new areas we're going to want to develop. Yes, there'll be some new um, innovations coming in. Yes, there are areas where we can see we could drive productivity. But ultimately, what's really going to change this is 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 the passion and commitment of our employees across the world. That, that's a sort of an easy thing to say, but we realise that its correlation with driving our results was absolutely there and therefore you know the most important thing we could do as a leadership team was help create a culture where people felt very highly engaged in the purpose of the organization mm. uh, and and therefore you know we, we would see that um having achieved it in 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 the performance and i think it was a belief that if we invested heavily in 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 the engagement with our with our people that we would see the results mm. um and that's a pretty big leap mm. but it was a leap that we really went down and and, and our whole in, investment uh both in terms of you know time leadership effort and, and, and resources um has for us really shown dividends because we've seen it in the underlying performance of our organization yeah wow so it really went from one side to completely the other to winning awards for you saying, actually, maybe we're not at our best right now, but we're going to now change that. And then we're going to win an award to say that we've done that as well. I mean, that's quite a leap. Yeah, it was, I, mean, I suppose in the way it was, it was less about the award. It was more about the fact that it was a good way of benchmarking how, how, how far we'd gone. And I think, you know, but, you know, I think that the other thing as well is that you just can't rest on any of that. You know, I mean, you know, as we are here today, you know, we, we, we've got board conversations coming up that says, you know, where are we now? You know, where are we with, uh, you know, engagement? Where are we with empowerment? Where are we with diversity and inclusion? Why have we only got 
X percent of our senior grades, you know, that that are as diverse as we want. So I think you're you're permanently, you know, as leaders asking those quite tough and challenging um, people questions that I think just keep your organisation alive and relevant. So, you know, the fact that we did very, very well at that point in time, um, I think we quickly shook off the triumph of that and then got back into there are other things here that we've really got to we've we've got to deal with and that you know that there's constant uh, challenges in this space to be able to retain attract and get the best out of people yeah do you think looking beyond the businesses looking beyond just leadership and looking as the world as a whole as you see it do you think that we are becoming kinder or unkinder in our approach to each other oh, that's that's interesting um I, I think in some parts of the world possibly a bit unkinder yeah. um I, I i think the way i would answer the question slightly differently is that i think that what we are experiencing and have been experiencing for a while is a complete implosion in trust yeah. And, and I think that I, I would link the implosion of trust with with kindness, yeah. um, because ultimately, you know, trust is about how do you create the conditions of trust? And I think um, kindness, openness, transparency, you know, will 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 help people build trust. And um, I would say that every piece of research that I've seen for the last five years is is pointing to a continued uh, continued erosion and implosion of trust in almost everything trust in ceos trust in brands trust in politicians you know trust in you know education leadership i mean it, 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 you know i think that that's the real challenge that exists which is you know how, how do we rebuild people's trust and i think um Leaders have a really big role to play in that. And I think kindness has a large part to play in creating a culture of trust. Yes. Wow. Well, uh, absolutely brilliant and really insightful as well. Um, I guess lastly, and, and you've kind of brought it up very nicely there and led on to it. What does the term a culture of kindness mean to you, not just on a leadership level, I guess, but on that global level? I think it's about, for me, creating uh, a culture where your organisation can really thrive. And, and, and I say it often thrives with the things that, you know, that maybe aren't the first things on top of your agenda. I mean, I do think it's really important to have a culture where trust exists. And I think kindness is absolutely critical to that. If people don't feel the warmth of leadership, they're unlikely to really open up uh, and, and trust. And I think maintaining trust and building trust is critical um, to an organization's success so um, yeah I think kindness is fundamentally part of creating a culture of trust yes wonderful 
Sean, thank you so much for your time. I realise it's very precious and um, it was an honour to have you on the podcast today and you've been incredibly insightful to us all. Thank you very much. It was very enjoyable. Thanks, Sean. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Whether you're a CEO or department manager, you can build a more productive, profitable and engaged workforce through adopting the theory laid out in my latest book available on Amazon, aptly also named A Culture of Kindness. It will guide you on how to be the type of leader that every employee remembers for all the right reasons. You can also subscribe to the monthly newsletter at www.nahalasummers.com to hear more about the latest talks, courses and upcoming podcast episodes. Thank you.